Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Notch. This week we bring you Podcasty McPodcast Face. A lot of mistakes that I made during recording and I totally didn't edit out. And this week's soccer news from all over the world. You guys are here. I thought the tornado would have taken you out before you managed to get to my place. Ping pong sized hill was predicted, guys. I did see a cow rotating in the winds above <laughs> St. Paul. No, that's just the St. Paul cow. Oh, okay. Like, you know, it's, oh, then, it's always yeah. up there. Yeah, then you've never fine. seen it? Seriously? <laughs> How long have you lived in St. Paul and you haven't seen the St. Paul cow? Um, three years now? Minnesota has, you know, cabins, a uh, big ball of yarn, big, world's biggest ball of yarn, and the St. Paul cow floating above in the skies above Is that what Babe Blue Watch is? <laughs> If I say yes, will you believe it? Yeah, probably. But no, guys, tonight the winds are supposed to be like 60 miles an hour. Like legit, they're going to be... I've never seen a wind alert on my weather apps before. And this is... Well, actually, I have. But like, it's been a while. So it's pretty it's crazy. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, wait. Is this the podcast about 90s butt rock? Yeah, it's called Stained Glass. <laughs> oh, I'm at the wrong place then. We love to get Shout on. Shout out to obscure Earwolf podcast. Come on, you listen to obscure Earwolf podcast. You talking you two to me? Hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm actually in May. I just booked a tickets to go to LA to listen or to watch the recording of the Western Weekly live. Nice. nice. I'm yeah. so jealous. I had, a, I had a friend of mine in Portland who was like, "You want to come and watch?" this podcast that I know you like with me in LA and it was just awesome. I'm going to do that and then I'm going to go to the Getty Villa which is this classics museum attached to the Getty Museum and the Nixon Presidential Center. Are you going to dress in a suit and like say that you're cosplaying as like Josh Lyman or... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously do it. Mr. Do President, it. the Soviet Premier is on the phone. <laughs> yes, please do. Although as a quick side note... You guys need to go see Get Out, if only because Brad Whitford is a yeah. certain important character. Yes, Colin, I will go watch that movie. I say in my third take, because in the previous two, I made a mistake about the fact that that movie was made by Jordan Peele and not Keegan-Michael Key. I mean, they're both <laughs> verbs if you really want to, but... Yeah, it, it was Peel that did it, and yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. Go out and watch it. ASAP. Get out and watch it. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Third time's the charm. Uh, something that we did watch this past weekend was the first weekend of competitive regular season games for Major League Soccer. Ooh, soccer is back. No more preseason. This is high stakes. Open wide for some soccer. Continental Soccer Association is coming to Springfield. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you bet. All right, let's move into our first segment, the Major Listing Service, where we talk about Division One soccer in the United States. What's our first news item, boys? So, before the weekend's games, the league announced that $200,000 worth of targeted Garber Bucks, as well as two extra roster spots, we're going to be allowed for teams to sign some extra homegrown players if they so choose. I think this was news that came out before the first game kicked off. So what's the, the logic here? 
basically that if you are developing more players and they have some extra opportunities overseas, for instance, it's best if you're able to lock them down. Um, FC Dallas has had a little bit of an issue with this where European clubs will spot some of these guys at 16, 17 years old and say, hey, you know, when you turn 18 and you're eligible to sign a contract with us, we'd love to have you in our academy system. Wasn't there an MLS team this week that also penalized one of their homegrown players for training with a European club? I remember hearing about that. I just can't remember. Oh, who it was it New England or was it Philadelphia? I forget. One of those two teams, I'm pretty sure, had one of their homegrown dudes uh, training with the European club, and they suspended him because he did not have permission to do that. I believe. But we will we'll look for the news article while we keep going, and I'll I'll bring that back. Uh, we also had two players whose contracts were bought out. Mitch Discrude and David Mateos um, of New York City FC and Orlando City SC, respectively, had their contracts bought out by MLS. Not Nothing too surprising there. Apparently, Mitch's poem didn't move MLS very much. And there was some funny stuff about the fact that he couldn't sign with another team or there's some, some rule weird MLS rules, but now that they bought out his contract, don't worry about that. Yeah, and there was, there was a rumor that Taylor Twelman posted where... He said that uh, multiple MLS front office reps were saying that Mix was prioritizing living in New York over his playing career. But then the very next day, we heard another piece of news that he was in uh, Dotbord, Dotbird, uh, trying to arrange a transfer to IFK Dotbird. Yeah, so I mean, which is not in New York, as far as I know. Yeah, except for apparently he was. It's a new also... up neighborhood, Notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Williamsburg. There's Goatburg. Um... <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's. Um, I, I wish him all the best. I think he's one of those guys who's kind of talented. He was obviously not being used properly in New York City FC. He was. Not getting along with the coaches. Maybe attitude issues, maybe too much poetry. <laughs> and and it was a crowded midfield that he was trying to be one of the starters for with uh, Pirlo, Lampard in there. You're going to fight for uh, game time. Mm-hmm. Or apparently you won't fight for it and then he won't get it. Or that, yeah. Yeah. He even lost best hair to what? Pirlo. Duh, come on. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, and T-Mac, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, make, makes perfect sense. All right, let's move on to the games, though, guys. Games. Real live games. Open wide for some soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so Houston opened wide and uh, scored two against Seattle Sounders, who only could put one back. Yeah, uh, Kubo Torres played very well for Houston in this game. And uh, Dempsey scored his first goal, which is coming back from his uh, heart issue, which is good to see him score again. Um, so two of the overreactions from each uh, supporter's base. Yeah, Seattle's going to be bottom of the table, and Houston's winning the league. All right. Well, we got LA Galaxy losing at home. Shock horror against FC Dallas. Who Shock are... horror after watching what happened to the Galaxy this offseason? Not necessarily. Right. FC Dallas look as good as advertised. Kellen Acosta um, scored in the game. Was really just all over the pitch. They're, was fantastic. They're looking really good right off the date. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you predicted this last week. And, and I want to also say, well, Colin did at least. And... There's an article on MLSsoccer.com. Caleb totally predicted too. I think I did. I mean, oh, I have to go back and listen, but we'll, I'm pretty we'll give, sure I did. We'll give you retroactive credit. Pretty we'll, sure. I we'll did. go edit the Wikipedia entry for the last episode, and <laughs> and that that'll like change it all. But there was an article on MLS Soccer talking about how FC Dallas isn't perceived 
as being as good as they are. You say the words FC Dallas and it doesn't give you that kind of like aura that you get from saying something LA Galaxy. Even though they Dallas have been pretty good yeah. in recent years. It they uh did a lot of players from their academy, a lot of young players who come up through their academy that aren't really known nationwide, mm-hmm. but are starting to. Uh like uh Walter Zimmerman recently earned his first tap for the U.S. men's national team beyond center back that came up through the academy at Dallas. Um, they don't have the the recent success as L.A. Galaxy or the I guess the lead success. Right. Um, they have one of as many trophies as D.C. United or L.A. Galaxy have. But, I mean, you look at 2013 quarterfinals, 2014 semifinals, round of 16 in, in 2015 after being first in the West. Uh, you know, so their U.S. Open Cup form has been really good, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, they, and of course they won last year. Uh, so, so that's I mean, and, and even in the MLS playoffs, you see conference semifinals, conference finals, conference semifinals. So, yeah, they're they're building their profile. Yes, uh, sooner or later they have to be taken seriously by the rest of the league and rest of the league's fans. I think people will kind of write them off because FC Dallas doesn't really strike the fear into opposing teams' hearts. True, yet true, but Tonner Tosta definitely does. Speaking of striking the fear in people's hearts, NYCFC supporters travel to Orlando for to play Orlando. <laughs> watch the team play Orlando City SC. Probably one of them tried to steal a orange colored seat from this new Orlando City Stadium. Which who the hell tries to steal a seat, man? I mean, not only that, but steal a seat from a brand new stadium. Like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> Wait a couple seasons, then try. Yeah, I mean, I. I yeah, I can't think of a way that you'd hide a seat while leaving a stadium. <laughs> but the other thing is we also had a police brawl, which uh, not really sure what happened there. But essentially, there's a video of police fighting with two New York City supporters, which is, again, not good stuff. But what happened in the game, guys? Um, Kakad is injured already. Um, I pulled a hamstring about 15 or so minutes in. Uh, got replaced by Giles Barnes, who promptly assisted Kyle Lahren's first goal in the new stadium. And the only goal, only goal of the, of the game. Yeah. Uh, I think they just said today that Tata is out for at least six weeks. Yeesh. You don't want to see that. No. The the pictures of the stadium are really beautiful. I really appreciated seeing the, the standing section photos of the supporters. I especially appreciated seeing the six rows in front in the supporters section that are labeled <laughs> smoke bomb zones. Yeah. See, they it, get smoke bombs in their stadium. We got to do I'm this. I'm so jealous. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, Atlanta played uh, New York Red Bulls yesterday evening. <laughs> uh, oh, the only thing that would have made this result better if Jose Mourinho was the coach of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Don't give them any freaking ideas, man. They'll freaking do it how much, how much money they're spending. And let's be honest here. Everyone in Minnesota was basically holding their breath being like, please lose. Please lose. Come on, please lose. I think the best one of the best tweets I saw was West Berdine after New York Red Bull scored their second goal. was like, three more! You have to score three more! <laughs> <laughs> Just and pile it on. Atlanta was really freaking good in the first half. In fact, I'd say about 60 to 65 minutes of very strong play from them. Um, they looked good in attack, good in defense, which, of course, the defense thing kind of failed them later. Yeah. Yeah. But, I uh, mean, they especially look good in attack. I think they looked MLS competent in defense throughout most of the game, and then things just 
fell apart in a karmic way, I would almost say. Because <laughs> I think the big story from Atlanta's perspective is actually a number of fan incidents. Um, a beer was thrown onto the field. I'm not sure if they were throwing at the referee or oh, at... There was, there was a Red Bulls player on the ground. The, Mark yeah. Geiger was walking up to him. Sasha Kleshin and another Red Bulls player was there. And the beer was tossed in between the four of them. Yeah, and, and I couldn't tell if they just didn't have good aim or if it was... <laughs> Yeah, just there's, a, a there's four shot targets down there that you're probably throwing out. You miss all of them? Come on, dude. Yeah, like, we don't give points for a bullseye if you're between them. You're supposed to actually hit somebody if you're going to throw something. And, and also, you, don't throw things. And, and yeah, that's quickly, it. <laughs> uh, there, there's been a lot of noise about this, so I don't think we need to cover this in tremendous detail. But it's also worth mentioning that in their first game, Atlanta fans used the puto chant, which is offensive. We don't want to hear that in American stadiums. Atlanta United has come out today and condemned the chance hopefully there'll be some programming about it next game and i'm holding my breath it's their first game um they got the blowback they deserve for it and let's let's see what happens next week i think more importantly they got the result they deserve because once i think once about like the 60th 65th minute hit new york i think had an extra gear in them right and atlanta just looked tired they looked I mean, this is expansion team 101 right like you get gassed before the opposition well more importantly it's expansion team 101 when you've only played like four preseason games three three preseason right. games exactly so so i gotta you know i gotta say for for minnesota fans it was a tremendous amount of i guess schadenfreude because we've heard we've had weeks of oh atlanta's doing all this stuff and what is minnesota doing but to the atlanta united subreddit was great last night <laughs> but you know to be fair to them they had 55,000 fans they got their their yes. first goal in MLS was the first goal of the match so they got their like moment in the sun of like pure joy and celebration uh, so so you know they got that spectacular high and then they got a spectacular fall after that but uh, I'm I'm pretty afraid for this for this coming weekend but we'll talk about that later uh, Colorado played New England, which, by the way, I did look it up. It's New England pl- Academy player uh, Justin Rennix, who was uh, suspended for the spring portion of the 2016-2017 U.S. Development Academy season after he trained with Bundesliga with the Bundesliga side against the wishes of the New or New England front office. Hmm. So that, that's the piece of news. Colorado is good at home. They they managed to hold out against New England, scored a goal. This is what I sound like when I'm shocked. Right? Their last year's form did not leave with Jermaine Jones. San Jose 1, Montreal 0. Okay. Uh, players sent off for Montreal tomorrow. I think just maybe process that. Probably not camera, but tomorrow sent off for Montreal. He was sent off in a flash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. that's, that's uh, why, uh, why this podcast exists. <laughs> Bunch of boring draws. Because, you know, we're yeah. Americans, so we got to be like, oh, draws, what's that about? Uh, Columbus drew Chicago 1-1. Columbus really dominated this game, but uh, Minnesota and Ethan Finley scored for Columbus, which is, yay, Minnesota. Right. Yeah, and then David Akam cut through the defense, scored a pretty nice goal to equalize. And then uh, Vancouver and Philadelphia played just last night, and nothing happened. 0-0. And then Real Salt Lake also drew... Toronto FC 0-0, which is kind of surprising with Toronto's firepower. Uh, Nick Romano mm-hmm. saved the penalty for RSL. 
couple of decent saves as well. Yep. Time we move to our MLS expansion sub-segment that occasionally turns up in, in the major listing service. This week we're calling it DP and the Geek. What you're about to see is a social experiment designed to find out if seven beautiful women and seven geeks can help each other to become a whole lot more. Um, so Landon Donovan <laughs> has officially joined the bid process for the um, San Diego expansion hopefuls. The group that he joined also includes Padres lead investor Peter Seidler and former Qualcomm president Steve Altman. They have a uh, Facebook page, Soccer City, all one word, SD. Mm-hmm. SD is not part of the one word. Um, on that page, you can vote for their team name, which includes some gems like uh, Cerveza San Diego. <laughs> what? Footy McFooty Face. Which, <laughs> by the way, is totally wrong. It's supposed to be Footy McFoot Face. True, very true. Uh-huh. Uh, San Diego Classy, San Diego, Diego Burgundy, for you, you Anchorman fans. <laughs> is there San Diego Scotch in there? Oh, I. No, there isn't, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, you know write it's, it it's, in. Write it in. And probably my fa- favorite, the San Diego Surfer Bros. Not bros, <laughs> bros. Bros. I. <laughs> uh, you know, it's obvious that this fan vote isn't exactly going to be taken seriously by the front office, and we're going to end up with a team called like Real San Diego United SCFC Beckham's Wednesday. Deportivo Wednesday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll we'll stay in tune with the uh, San Diego bid. Hey, with that, we should move on to a segment we call Loon Monitoring. Oh, I love that accent. I really do. In the loon monitoring segment, we put on our DNR badges. We get into a little boat, push it off into the lake, and then go and paddle around looking for some birds that make screechy howls. And talk about Minnesota United while we do it. First thing, piece of news this week, new broadcast deal. Finally happened. Um, Our long national nightmare is over. Uh, (laughs) Minnesota United announced a deal with uh, My29 slash Fox9. Uh, to air all of the games that will not be nationally televised. Um, so it's going to be over the air instead of on cable. Um, people in the metro seem to be really happy about that. People in outside Minnesota, not as much because they don't get the signal out there. I'm really happy because My29 is one of the few TV channels I actually get at my apartment. That's essentially what Nick Rogers said. He called Caleb. He was like, hey, hey Caleb, tell, just turn on your TV. Yep, yep, yep. Position your rabbit ears and tell me all the channels you get. Yep. No, we can't be on TV land. <laughs> no, we can't be on the Spanish soap opera network. Well, look, QVC, oh, I, hear, I heard, put in a pretty great bid for... Uh... Yeah, but they weren't going to show the games, just that have the player step out and say, this guy is worth how many... <laughs> 250,000 targeted allocation dollars. Yeah, he'd be here for ten payments. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Call now. Call now. Yeah. Uh, what well, are they selling Jermaine Taylor for on that? Oh god, he's an add-on to one of the other players. We'll get back <laughs> to that. Um, so the other big thing with that is that fifteen hundred ESPN AM. Um, they're going to be simulcasting the audio for every single game. And here's the best part. Chris Lidholm is back with Minnesota United content. He is going to be hosting a pregame and postgame show. Yeah, that's super, super, super cool news. I am so happy about that. Yep, yep. 
We had a trip to Portland very quickly. 153 plus people were there. It was incredible. If you haven't gone and looked at the video on the Dark Clouds Facebook page, go look at that. Look at all the photos that were posted on the TNE and Dark Clouds Instagram pages. Incredible presence. And you were there. I, most of me was there. Okay. The rest of me <laughs> might have been a little bit intoxicated from all of the breweries that are in Portland. But yes, in, in body and most of my spirit, I was there. I heard on Twitter that very few teams have had this kind of impressive showing away in Portland. So I was personally very impressed. It brought a lot of joy and and kind of sentimentality to me to see this strong support. Because over here, Caleb and I were at the Nomad World Pub, which was packed. It was absolutely packed. Two levels of it were packed. I didn't know there was an upper level until, <laughs> until Friday night, which is very nice up there, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. they've really like made it pretty great. And, and for all the Minnesota United watch parties... And pre-games, they're going to have the upstairs open as kind of like a Dark Clouds Clubhouse type situation. So it's, it's going to be really cool. The Town Hall Brewery, where TNE was watching, is also full. There are other watch parties around the city. Incredible level of support. And again, it just got me kind of misty-eyed to think about where we've come from to where we are. And that sentimentality and happiness helped me get over <laughs> the fact that we were beat 5 freaking one uh, by Portland. Although, you know, I, the, the scoreline doesn't... Uh, it, it's bad, yes, but it doesn't really uh, summarize the game very well. Okay, MLS analyst. No, I, I'm saying... Well, think about it. 70th minute, it's 2-1. We have just scored. We start to think... No, oh, hey, 79th minute. 79th minute, sorry. Yeah. It's 2-1. We just scored. We start to believe... We didn't push for our equalizer, try to do that, and we pushed too far up. And Portland kind of absorbed the pressure and just attacked and counterattacked and broke apart our defense who were, who were trying to push the ball up. You also got to remember that Adi took a dive in the box and got a penalty, which was one of the things literally right after Ramirez scored. All the momentum that we had from Ramirez scoring was taken out in that penalty. Right. I, th- I, I disagree. I think it was a penalty. I do think <sighs> that he was offside on his, on his fourth goal, on, his, on the fourth goal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so. it should have, guys. It should have only been four-one. Okay. Well, also this the is first important. Goal, yeah. There's a lot of things we t- <laughs> could say, um, but top performers for you guys from the loons. Um, from that yes, spot from in the, the stands, not from the Portland. Yeah, <laughs> from the loons, Colin. Um, what from about former loons, Larry Olam yeah. score? <laughs> yeah, Larry Olam, um, uh, former Thunder. Really? Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, he was a throwback. Um. As far as kind of how things looked from the stands, Schuler looked decent in the first half. Call, though, I think was probably my yeah. loon of the match. Um, I didn't really see him get beat that often. It seemed to be right there in the tackle. It wasn't making boneheaded mistakes. I like Ramirez after he came on. Like Ramirez, a lot of us were wondering where he was with the, the starting lineup. And, yeah. And when he came on, he made an immediate impact. His goal was a quintessentially Ramirez goal. And, and how poetic is it that he's the guy who scores our first MLS goal? You yeah, couldn't have written I mean, any better to for having us win, but still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah. like when you when you said the Atlanta got the, you know, kind of more storybook first goal, they got the exuberance and all that, we were going absolutely nuts right knowing that it was Ramirez that scored yeah it, it was it was bedlam up there surprising underperformer was Kadri yeah um he looked very uh very good in the preseason when he played mm-hmm. um 
looked very stagnant on the field in, in Portland, not really moving very well. And when he did move, it wasn't to a opportune area that really helped our helped our attack. Um, Mendele Barra came in for him, like they had what Nine very minutes. near the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had and, one on you substitution too. And Ibarra, I think moved more mm-hmm. than Tachi did in eighty plus minutes. It certainly was more meaningful. Um, I think the formation that they had it just made it difficult for the midfield to really assert themselves too much, particularly in the first half. Um, I think a lot of the reason I said that Schuler looked good is that I wasn't impressed by either Warner or Said, mm-hmm. just because you just didn't get any sort of play into them. It was difficult for them to break through the defense. And they, they, yeah. play, they were playing a 4-3-3, which is not what they were playing in the preseason, right? right? right. I thought Warner played all right. Yeah. Um, I think once Ramirez came in, Johan Venedes moved back. That midfield played a lot better. You could have told me that we had Jermaine from Flight of the Concords playing it right back, and I'd believe you. Um, <laughs> that would have at least been a little more entertaining. Right. I People mean, have a guitar out there playing silly songs. It would great. Jermaine Taylor needs to, to to do a bit of work to be to be a bit more competitive, and we all want Jerome Tyson to be here. I will defend Justin Davis, though. There's been a bit of people talking about him, and I thought he played really well, and he had a really tough guy to cover. Yeah, uh, there's not going to be a lot, a lot of other MLS teams with as winners as dangerous as Portland. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, Taylor, I don't think there's much of an excuse for him to be getting burnt the way that he was. Uh, Nagby didn't have the best of games, but he was getting torched by their left back. Mm. There's there's no excuse to be having your fellow fullback just running past you like there's nothing in front of him. And on uh, Adi's two goals, he didn't really hustle back to his position. Yeah. We also seemed like we kind of lost a bit of gas around the 65th or yeah. so minute. And and I think that's going to be important in looking forward to this weekend. One of the other things that we can look forward to this weekend is that Carmona is not going to be playing for Atlanta. He was sent off for violent conduct. <laughs> stupid, stupid move. He goes up to, I forget which Red Bull was lying on the ground. He just goes and stamps him in the middle of the chest in full view of the ref and the cameras. Dude's going to be suspended for like three to four games, hopefully, uh, for this stupid yeah. conduct. I, what's... Yeah, we have a whole conversation about how dumb that was, but he's not going to play. Which Sunday, is good for us. Which is good for us, because yeah. he played very well. Yeah. He yeah. started the attacking move that led to their first goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so looking forward to, I think, Atlanta versus us, I think we're. I don't expect us to get torched the way we did late in the game, as we did against Portland. No. Um, but I am worried about our defense against the Atlanta attack early in the game, because Atlanta came out of the gate and just like, Hit it, you know. I think if if uh, Drum Thiessen is available, um, that'll help Demidov a ton because I think he looked really bad on Friday because he was covering a lot for uh, Jerome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome. Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine. Sorry. Jermaine. Jermaine. Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Where's Brit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we should move on. But just one quick note: Demidov is our captain. There was some question about why is Demidov our captain? That's because he's played in the Champions League and has a lot of experience. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, just just stare into his eyes. You will see why. Yes. One other final note: uh, twenty seventeen season ticket unboxing video on the Two United Fans YouTube channel. Go check it out. Also posted to fifty five dot one. <laughs> 
With that, we should move on to a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we go down the pyramid that is U.S. soccer and talk about everything else that happened other than MLS and stuff going on in Minnesota. So what was going on in the rest of U.S. soccer this week, guys? So FC Barcelona is opening an academy in Austin. <laughs> Austin, Texas, not another city in Spain named Austin. It, it is I, I was hoping it was going to open in Spam Town, but... <laughs> Unfortunately, Austin, Minnesota. <laughs> I gotta go to the Spam Museum. I haven't been there. In a while. You really don't. I do. I no, see no. It. Trust I li- me. I like Kish. I'm married to a Southern Minnesotan. You don't need to go to the Spam Museum. <laughs> you just like bring us some spam. Yeah, exactly. You should yeah. do that. Want to have a Hawaiian style breakfast one of these days? That'd be awesome. Okay, well, they're they're gonna. This academy is gonna be hosted the Circuit of the Americas, which is a the deal of the FC Barcelona has been done. Apparently, they have uh, other. Academies in Tokyo, Dubai, Sao Paulo, and Moscow. You know, Austin being the natural progression from the list, <laughs> that list right there. Uh, the Cosmos are undefeated in their preseason. Yeah, they apparently uh, beat the Dominican Republic 5-1. Well, yeah. Not the national team, the, the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and it, they're a galaxy, and the Dominican Republic is a country. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> Although... If it were the island of Hispaniola, would they still win against a galaxy? Stuart Seuss would come in and uh, save the day for us, I think. I, mm, I beg to I, differ no. with that take, but... <laughs> I saw the game against Miami last year. I was there. <laughs> well, uh, just before we take a break, I'll mention NASL's Instagram has got seriously artistic these days. They have these like fashion photos, these photos of like three San Francisco Deltas players wandering around San Francisco with like a soft filter. Go check it out. It's actually pretty neat. I liked it. But uh, with that, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with some USL news and much, much more. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer, where we're still in a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme. Time to talk about some USL news. First from Evan Ream, we hear that the Fresno Fuego are not going to be the expected USL expansion squad in that city. The Fuego is a uh, PDL squad, and now it turns out there's going to be a another team uh, that might someday buy the rights to the Fuego name, but that's not mm. clear at the moment. Yeah, basically, uh, USL apparently gave the Fuego an ultimatum to come up with the $5 million expansion fee, um, or USL would end up just giving the location rights to another group. Obviously, the $5 million is still outstanding. So Yeah, so so we'll see, we'll, we'll see what develops from that situation. There's also a bit of, a bit of news on the, um, what is it, the, uh, oh, the battery... Why am I forgetting which city the battery are in? Charleston. The Charleston Battery uh, blog, Black and Yellow Post, posted a news article that talked about how USL is making teams that have a local broadcast deal loan video equipment from a specific third-party vendor, even though sometimes the teams can find a cheaper vendor in their local area or somewhere else. This is causing some ish friction with the USL front offices and the league. The league's argument is probably that they want a standardized broadcast quality that they can touch. The front office obviously want to save some money. Right. So yeah. I remember there was an interview that Jake Edwards did with Neil Morris on the Inverted Triangle a few months back mm-hmm. where they were talking about how having standard video, being able to 
do some different manipulations with the league office was going to help them create a better product. So I see this as an yeah. extension of that, but it's not necessarily working out as a business venture. And and this is one of those things that NASL also did and it dramatically in, in, improved broadcast quality league-wide uh, a couple of years ago. So so I can, I can see the logic for it. It just remains to be seen what impact it has on league finances. USL just seems to be great leaping all of these clubs forward. Mm-hmm. Orange County SC is going to play their games at Orange County Great Park, which is a weird name for a stadium. It's a great park. It's the greatest park. We have the best parks. <laughs> we have the best parks. <laughs> but anyway, was was that, uh, was, that was that Mr. Burns? <laughs> yeah, like excellent. We have the best parks. Believe me, folks, we have the best parks here better, in Orange yeah. County. I don't know. I, I'm not. Really, I'm not really good at that voice. But anyway, they played uh, for the last two years the 2500 seater Anteater Stadium. Again, terribly named stadium well, at UC Irvine, home of the Anteaters. Oh God! So why would you name your team after? Because Anteaters are awesome, it's like one and of the they best. make. But that yeah. makes me they think make of ants and being bitten by ants. But they also no, make but they protect a, you from ants, Notch. They're yeah, good guys. Yeah. And they make for a really great cartoon mascot. Okay. Yeah, All right. True. Fine. So they, so they played at Anteater Stadium. Now they're going to go off to Orange County Great Park. Phoenix Rising, your favorite team, Colin, is going to play in a temporary pop-up stadium located on the site of their future MLS stadium. And they released renderings of it this week. Is this pop stadium inflatable? <laughs> I was <laughs> bouncy. I was hoping it would be a bouncy castle. Best supporter no. section ever. <laughs> Seriously. If you jump enough... If you jump high enough in the supporter section, you can affect the game down below. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Great. Charlotte Independence played in a temporary facility since 2015, but announced in early February that they were leaving that place. So it, it's been done before. The Rising want to play there until 2020, which is a quite a while to play in a temporary facility, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it, Populous is used to making temporary-ish facilities, so it seems to be something like that. Sure. The renderings that they've come out with are actually pretty cool to look at. So, yeah, yeah, totally. With that, let's move on to the segment we call The Sewer, where we cover our U.S. men's Ninja Turtles, women's Ninja Turtles, baby Ninja Turtles, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What's going on with our national teams, guys? Well, U.S. soccer has announced a policy requiring discipline for national team players kneeling during the national anthem. Oh, God. When I said we got to get through all these sections quickly, I completely forgot that there was this. Yeah, about this. I mean, it's a topic that longtime listeners to various Two United Fans podcasts and columns and stuff have already heard our thoughts on it. But aside from the fact that this is a issue that decided to turn itself into a problem when they came up with this um this has not been on anyone's mind for the last three months and they made it an issue again and the other thing i'll mention is that alexi lalas on the fox soccer broadcast of atlanta versus new york yesterday defended this policy and basically put out a sizzling hot take about patriotism and how all players must stand if they're representing the national team. All I'll say is go Google 55.1 space Europino. You'll find an article that I wrote, an opinion piece, which basically... I was thinking of writing a new one today, but it's the same article. Yeah. You can just read it, and it's a, it's a point-by-point rebuttal to what Lala said. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll say one other thing and we should move on, which is you can't talk about protests without talking about what people are protesting. Sure, you might think a protest is a really serious action. Uh, you, you might look at a protest and be like, wow, they're really like doing something crazy. Ask yourself, is the issue that they're protesting also crazy? Because then maybe their crazy protest is justified. When we look back at the Olympics and we think of those two black athletes who raised gloved fists and disrupted an Olympic medal ceremony, today we look back at that and think, oh yeah, that was a civil rights protest. That made a whole lot of sense. But back then, a lot of people are like, oh my God, disrespect. You know, and it depends on how you view the issue, how you view the protest. You cannot isolate one from the other. And Alexi tried to last night and it did not work. No. Um, one thing that I think really made me upset about all of that is that there was such a virulent support of a policy like this and there wasn't any sort of comment about the negative things that were going on in the stands aside from beer throwing right like right. there was not a word said about the negative chance that they were making they were still saying great atmosphere great atmosphere after that chance started right so for them to then come out and say oh Here's a hot take about the national anthem protests without any sort of context, without any sort of counterpoint. It was it it angered me. And there are other way to protest during the national anthem. You can't kneel anymore. You just mentioned one. Put your fist up. Sure. You can't. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, Megan Rapinoe isn't being called up, and she was the only one who was actually protesting. And there was a report, I think, from Charles Boehm, who said most other women's national team players were not bothered by this policy. So the other one other quick note is that Sunil Gladi said that they would decide if the player was to be punished and what the punishments would be on a case-by-case basis. So this sounds a lot like a PR policy, just so that they can point and say, well, we don't allow it. So anyway, we'll see what happens from all this. We've talked about it enough now mm-hmm. and we should move to on to some better news uh the u.s u20s have won the contra taf u20 title and they qualify for the u20 world cup yay <laughs> uh they defeated el salvador in the last group stage game won the title versus honduras on pks uh, it was nil nil game uh, they eventually went down to 10 men because uh, they had used all their subs and eric palmer brown to come off injured um mm-hmm. the game before that uh the maryland player Eric Williamson scored a screamer from out of the box, nice. off the cross, off the post, and in, and it was beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous goal. Um, Eric Palmer Brown, um, as he mentioned, captain the team, uh, plays for Sporting Kansas City, won the Golden Ball as the most valuable player of the tournament, and I know we're not supposed to say the K word in the sewer segments anymore, but Jonathan Klinsman uh, won the Golden Glove. And one of these games, Proud Papa Jurgen was in the stands actually to watch. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I won't make my ha ha John Klinsman. I didn't know till my phone told me. Wait, I just made that joke. Damn it. And then we got to move on to the She Believes Cup where the U.S. women's national team beat Germany 1-0 and then lost to England 1-0. And that England loss was actually in the 89th minute. Um, it, not much offense was going in that game, but um, the She Believes Cup this year, I think, is more of a experiment with a couple of different formations. Mm-hmm. Try some new players out. Um, they went three five two against Germany, which was weird to say the least, but it worked. 
mm-hmm. um, switch for the England game, and it didn't work. So, are we sure England just didn't wear their red away kits and we wore our red third kit? We were actually we wearing just, the red away kit. Right, we were just confused. Yeah, yeah. About <laughs> what's the opposition? You're trying to get the person to talk so you can hear the accent and see if they're. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not playing in the Algarve Cup because we play Portugal. All right, with that, we should move on to a segment we call Caleb's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! Where Caleb takes you around the world and explains the football structure in a different country each week. Uh, this week, we're going to Scotland and the Stot- Scottish Premiership. Uh, kind of a smaller... That's definitely just overshadowed by the English Premier League in that region, but it has its great teams as well. Uh, there's 12 teams total in the Premiership. Uh, bottom team is relegated. 11th place is placed in a playoff with a second place team from the Scottish Championship. See, essentially, we, we created this entire segment so we could tell you about the different types of pro-rel that exist around the world. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep going, don't, don't humor me like this. Uh, top teams, uh, Celtic has to be, is at the top of the list for obvious reasons. It's one of the best teams in, it is the best team in Scotland. Uh, consistently playing in either the Europa League or the Champions League. Um, their to- I don't know who their coach is. But oh, um, isn't, it, uh, isn't it some guy named um, Brendan Rogers? Rogers. <laughs> I think <laughs> <that> right. Uh, <laughs> they've been the runaway champions for the last few seasons with a lot of their normal rivals uh, either not playing well in the, in the league or getting relegated to the championship. Uh, for example, Rangers, probably their, their biggest rival, um, had been relegated previously and just got back up this season due to major financial difficulties. Yes. Yeah, three or four years ago, didn't they get sent down like three tiers? Something it, like that? it was a yeah. few tiers. It took a long while for them to climb their way back. And there was some conversation about whether this Rangers is the same Rangers as the other one because technically the previous organization, I believe, was liquidated. It yeah. was, and yeah. there was a new organization created. So anyway, we can talk about history and tradition some other time. Right? Who owns the name? Um, also, going down to the championship, uh, Hearts. Another Hearts of Midlothian. That's my favorite name for a soccer team all over the world. So you don't hear that one very often in American copycat soccer. <laughs> San Diego of Midlothian. Midlothian. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it would be Hearts of San Diego County. That but actually whatever. sounds really cool. That does sound really that, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Donovan, if you're listening, which we know you are, write that down. Exactly. Um, Emerson Hindman, who's an American place for Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he's on loan from Bournemouth. Um, not really one of the top players with that in the lead, but I thought that throw it out there just because he actually has been playing fairly well. He's got yeah. a couple of goals for them. Okay, it's good stuff. I mean, that's um, like what you want to see from your your going back to the teams. Aberdeen, coached by the great Sir Alex Ferguson back in the day. Saf. That's also back when they were last successful in the lead. <laughs> Their last win in the lead. The last time they won the lead was 1985. Uh, top players. Along with Hidman, uh, Moussa Dembele from Celtic is absolutely tearing up the lead right now. Um, he's getting interest from the top teams all over Europe. Wasn't he in one of the top teams of Europe before he went to Celtic? He was in Fulham. So, what's your definition of top team? <laughs> yeah. But he played for Fulham in the Premiership, I thought. No, in no, the Championship. He he's the championship. like 20, 21 oh, really? years old. He's, he's very really young. young. Yes. Am I mistaking him for another Dembele? There's, also, there's a lot of Moussa Dembele's. Oh. Just that name in general. And there's also a lot of really? Dembele's. That probably the most recognizable one right now is 
Osam Osam Dembele for Osmani Dembele. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 So I'm just getting my Dembele's mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Better know your Dembele's. Um, <laughs> along with uh, Dembele, Perry Kitchen, um, the American holding midfielder, is currently captain for Hearts of Midlothian. Then uh, rounding out, round out the top players, uh, Dedrick Boyata, a uh, Belgian defender, plays for Celtic. Probably one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, transferred there from Man City. Um, this league is interesting because it has one of the biggest derbies in in the world. Uh, and when the, you talk about Scottish soccer to most Americans, this is the one fact they know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the old firm derby uh, the, between Rangers and Celtic. Um, they're both in Glasgow. And they've played 405 times. Uh, Celtic have won 149. Rangers have won 159. Boo. And they've drawn 97. This is the, this derby is marred with uh, sect- sectarianism. Violence. Sectarian. Violence. Yes. And, uh, Celtic is traditionally Catholic and Rangers is traditionally Protestant. There's a quote from a Celtic supporter who said that back when I was I went to a Catholic school and our whole entire school was Celtic fans and I think it's better now uh, it's about 5% Rangers fans now and that was quote was from like 2012 or something like that I mean th- there's we should get so, into the yeah we, we should probably just get into the yeah, yeah but I, I, I'll say not, find I'll, a different podcast for that yeah <laughs> a, a very quick note on it um, the Irish diaspora pretty much throughout the world um, are Celtic supporters as a result of the Catholic side that's what got me initially into appreciating Celtic. So whenever they are successful, I'm I'm happy. That's the O'Donnell side of your ancestry speaking. Uh, surprisingly enough, um, my ancestry comes from a relatively Protestant portion of the northern part of the Republic. It borders Northern Ireland, so... I'm more in tune with the unionist, anti-unionist stuff than ah, okay. Typically, so we've turned this into Colin's ancestry podcast. Yes. <laughs> hey, by the way, we've been uh, sponsored now by uh, what's that? Ancestry.com website. <laughs> anyway, if you go to ancestry.com, you will find out that the oh, God, two clans, the two clans that my <laughs> mother's out, family right? and my father's <laughs> I, I family come from were warring in the same okay. county and my parents ended up getting divorced. All right. It makes perfect sense now. All right. Thank you for that, Colin. <laughs> I just take a pull from your beer after sale. All right. We've got this about- is therapy with we- Colin and Paul. <laughs> Let's we, go to we, the pub. We, yeah, we got we to gotta zoom through now because we really have no time left. The pub is where we talk about coverage of the English soccer. And this week we were going to a pub called Bobby McPubface. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Naturally. First off, in the week of soccer derby, Liverpool beat Arsenal 3-1. Who cares? I do. Honestly, <laughs> at this point, I, I'm so checked out of Arsenal season this year. I'm just... I, I can't anymore. Alexis Sanchez was on the bench. All sorts of rumors about where he's going to go next. Chelsea beat Wham! 2-1. Wake me up before you don't go. Oh, George Michael died. Stamford Bridge is going to get a $50 oh. million dollar renovation, which will increase their capacity to 60,000 from it 41K. 50 million or 
500 million. I My thought it was 500 million. <laughs> I'm just reading because I got to zoom through. It's a 500 million dollar renovation, <laughs> increasing capacity by 19,000 people to 60,000. Uh, Tottenham beat Everton 3 2. Harry Kane had a hat trick. Boo. <laughs> Yay, Everton lost. <laughs> United beat uh, AFCB. United tied. Oh, but. AFC Bournemouth 1 1. <laughs> this is what happens. I try to zoom through. <laughs> yeah, Bournemouth. Uh, Player Tyrone Mings first stamped on Zlatan Ibrahimovic's head, and then Zlatan came down and gave him a nice smack with his elbow. We go see the video; it's pretty cool. Zlatan was later asked about the elbow and said, "It's a shame that his face made contact with my elbow. <laughs> you should really be more careful." Leicester City continuing to prove that maybe firing Ranieri might have been the right move actually did, and I'm actually reading this properly. They they beat Hull three two, so. Yeah, how does that feel, Caleb, Mr. Liverpool fan? <laughs> Two teams that beat us played. I, I, we're going to lose to Burnley this week, aren't we? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got another segment we call it They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we tackle the rest of the world soccer that we haven't talked about yet. First things first, Barcelona will no longer have Luis Enrique next year as their manager he made that announcement and they were so happy with this news that they beat Salve Vigo 5-0 gee thanks guys really appreciate the going away present except for I'm gonna be still around until like May at least no 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 guys it was the news that they were founding an academy in Austin Messi was like yes I've always wanted to go hang out in Austin in the summer I love I South the- by Southwest barbecue yeah. sounds awesome man bats uh, are cool <laughs> in, in less uh, happy news Fernando Torres suffered a serious head injury. Uh, he went up for a header and was knocked down from behind by a defender. Um, landed face first on the turf. Was he was probably lost unconscious, unconscious before um, he hit the turf. Immediately, players yeah. from both sides started waving on the physio and were trying to get him to not swallow his tongue. And um, just not good scenes from that that game. That. Every every player was worried. Atletico players were crying. Mm-hmm. They were so worried. Um, the good news is he's out of the hospital and probably taking it easy for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I hope so. Torino beat Palermo 3-1. This is... Normally we don't talk about Torino, but they probably have the best striker you've never heard of. Andrea Bellotti. Stored a hat trick. He's second in the, golden, in the world golden ball rankings for 27. World... Golden Boot rankings for 2017. Right behind Messi. Fantastic. Dortmund beat Leverkusen 6-2. Literally Messi, Christian Pulisic with the goal and the assist. And next we got to talk about the most talented, arguably the most talented American national team player, Fabian Johnson, who scored two when Borussia Mugladbach tips Fedora, beat Schalke 4-2. Go watch those goals. They're pretty fun as well. Hang on. Mugladbach shaves neckbeard. <laughs> they don't shave their neckbeards. Come on, Dad. <laughs> Monaco beat Nantes for nothing. Uh, Kylian Mbappe Latin with two first half goals, nine goals, and twenty lead one lead one games as an eighteen year old. As a eighteen year old, what is up with all these like incredibly young players doing well? Like Lukaku, that goalkeeper at AC Milan, whose name yeah. has a lot of D's in it. Donnarumma, one D. 
It literally has one. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Who's that the, is who's... a lot. So getting back to League <laughs> On, uh, Monaco leads League On by three points over PSG. PSG have finally started to claw their way back, but I don't think there's any risk of Monaco losing on goal differential. They are at 57 goals ahead for the season. <laughs> That's some FIFA numbers right there. <laughs> some FIFA numbers on like for dinner. Yeah, is, they're just dominating. It's it's fantastic. That's like the old FIFA games where you could take over the computer team and then forfeit the game, winning each game zero to three. Yeah, that that's essentially what Monaco has done here. FC Slovakko uh, had a player Francis Kone from Todo who ended up saving the life of his opponent of the opponent's goalkeeper after a head-to-head collision. Uh, yeah, left so- the keeper unconscious. This is the fourth time that. Uh, Kone has saved a life on the pitch. What? Yeah, so I looked into this. Apparently, um, there's three times where in the game, he's noticed that somebody that was unconscious due to a concussion had likely swallowed their tongue or otherwise had their airway constricted. Um, So he performed CPR on them, um, basically was able to, you know, get out in front of it before the physio was able to arrive um that's awesome yeah and he also had to do that the first club that he went on trial to so all right well, whenever he's on the pitch uh, the phrase how to save a life plays <laughs> oh god i mean they got that song stuck in my head <laughs> you're awesome <laughs> all right with that we should move on to a segment we call the reynolds wrap-up where we take our little tinfoil hats put them on our heads and half colin take a soccer conspiracy that we're all thinking about and make sense of it so as we mentioned, there's a lot of things that didn't make sense about Atlanta United's fan conduct this weekend. So I I wanted to figure out why exactly their fans were acting so ridiculously terribly. And I, I'm sad to report that we've got some pretty bad things on our hands. Um, turns out that the government has been looking for some methods to test some different controls with um, specifically within neuroscience. Um, HUD officials under the guise of building sports programs with Atlanta area residents secretly drilled tiny holes into their skulls and implanted what they call deep electrodes. So as a test of concept product, they were going to have fans at the Atlanta Red Bulls game chant make atlanta united again at different points during the game unfortunately though the electrodes which are also the same ones that you use to suddenly recite a book verbatim 60 years after you read it um they triggered the subjects to scream and do the worst possible things that they could remember hearing from soccer fans obviously with atlanta not having the most sophisticated of fans not many silverbacks leftovers you had some issues there so as a result you had people doing the pee chant you had people throwing beers i did speak to a source close to hud secretary ben carson he denied the program said that if such a thing happened the fans would have been chanting good night moon from cover to cover okay all right so what does this mean for the NASL Atlanta team and their fans and their clip art? 
I mean, they'll probably just be citing Quadro Poku's stats every single <laughs> game. So, by the way, I, I just want to also point, give give a shout out to uh, Neil Morris, who had the tweet of the night yesterday when when we were seeing all the supporter crap go down, some of the violent conduct on the pitch. He basically tweeted out that folks went to see an Atlanta United game, and then a Silverbacks game broke out during it. <laughs> that was, I saw that. That was fantastic. That's yeah. All right, with that, we should call a close to this week's episode. You can find me at TW United Fans on Twitter. Where can they find you guys? I'm at K Olson716. I'm also on 551. Gonna write my article for News and Brief tonight after the recording. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. You can find some of my extra Portland trip photos and videos there, as well as at Instagram at Colin E. O'Donnell. All right. Well, with that, we should call it a night. You can find this podcast on the fine podcast providers everywhere and on 55.1. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Goodbye. Phoenix Rising, your favorite team, uh, Caleb. Damn it, Colin. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're keeping that one in. <laughs> or it's at least going to the end. <laughs> Let me add a little edit. <laughs> I haven't had to do that much today. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's not going to bed until after 11. Right.